The hardest part about your 20s is comparing where your life is at to other people around you. Probably finance, um, just kind of living in a world which is really expensive and just trying to deal with that. Not being able to see all of your friends all the time, like when you were back in college or in high school. I guess heartbreak and not getting along with my roommates, those are all very difficult parts of my 20s so far. Best part about being in your 20s is that everyone is still trying to discover themselves and so you build these companionships and it's kind of the time in your life that you are fully surrounded by your chosen family. Probably like the freedom to do things. Still being young enough to do whatever you want to do and not having a bunch of responsibility. You could go out socially more now and there's not as much control on you as a person. So I would say that's the best part about my 20s. Hello and welcome to You, Me and Ennui, the show where you, the listener and me, your host, Mary-Kate Palanen, discuss the challenges that come with life's uncertainty. And that's the Ennui. Today's guest is Katie Bomer. Katie is an author, speaker, and host of the Truth For Your 20s podcast, where she interviews experts and 20-somethings alike, talking about dating, faith, purpose, and all the things you wish you knew in your 20s. Katie is on a mission to help today's 20-somethings realize their worth, find their calling, and to not date dirtbags. Welcome, Katie. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, not dating dirtbags is important. (laughs) That really rang true to me. Um, So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of You, Me, and Ennui. Like I've been telling our listeners, we are focusing this season on relationships. You've actually come across my For You page on TikTok before we even decided Yay! to produce this podcast and bring you on as a guest. So I'm I'm personally really excited just to chat with you a little bit more. I feel like I know you already a little bit. Yay! Um, what I really love about the concept of your podcast, Truth For Your 20s, is really honing in on, you know, developing that relationship with yourself. And mm-hmm. like you've said, like under, understanding your purpose. So really just excited to have you here with us. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I love what you guys are doing too. So I'm honored to be a part. And thank you for the algorithms doing their magic that we were friends before this conversation. Right? The algorithm is good for some things, I guess. Yes, yes. (laughs) So you host a podcast called Truth for Your 20s. Can you share more about how you got to where you are today and what really led to you becoming a speaker and mentor for people in their 20s? For sure. The 20s is such a beautiful, pivotal decade. And most of us can look back and, you know, in the 20s is a lot of times when you chose a career, chose a spouse a lot of times, moved, got away from your parents' household. Just so many pivotal things, hopefully for the good, but sometimes not so much. And we look back and go, man, if only I knew this or or whatever. And I just want to be a guide. So what I find when I, you know, I'm a podcast a lot of times or what I hear on social media is of course your parents are great and hopefully you have wisdom pouring into you when your parents in your 20s but sometimes you just need kind of an outsider voice and so my goal is just to i'm often called an adopted aunt and i'll take that uh adopted aunt big sister whatever and i just want to be a, a voice of 
wisdom and I have been on a mission. My husband's parents and my parents, so those four humans have a total of nine divorces and I dated my fair share of dirtbags before I met my husband, kind of the joke, not so joke, right? But all of that kind of being combined, I just really became very missional about, man, I, if only my younger self knew, right? And when my husband and I first started dating, he was a youth pastor. So I kind of organically just became a, a big sister to these girls in high school. And I was only, you know, like 20 something at the time. And that just all kind of grew. And then I started being asked to speak to colleges. I wrote a blog post that turned into a book that turned into my speaking platform. A hundred percent, not something I sought out to do. I'm a marketing major and worked in TV, print and radio advertising and find myself holding microphones at colleges all over the nation. <laughs> So, you know, it's so crazy because I was painfully shy in my younger years, but all of those things kind of pieced together, I feel like really brought me to what I'm designed to do. And I feel that's broadly speaking, being who I needed when I was younger, having the podcast, speaking to colleges, doing the social media thing. And it's so funny because all my years in advertising, I I made commercials. That was like my first big job editing on all this fancy equipment. And now kind of using those skills of making little TikToks and, you know, putting these truth bombs, 15 second truth bombs out on the internet. And I love it. I truly love it. And finding the right song to say what you're trying to say. I feel like so much can be communicated. And of course, having these longer conversations on a podcast, but I really so thankful and truly feel I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Although, of course, I took the long way to get here. (laughs) Well, I mean, I can personally share, and I talk about this in another episode of our season where we're talking about professional development. And a lot of what you just shared resonates with with my personal story. I worked in marketing, PR for a long time, found my way into media ministry. And so what you shared about how your gifts suddenly work towards this new mission really resonates. So so thanks yeah. for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> and, and I can also share, I'm 34 and I have two roommates who are about 25, 26. So I often also find myself in like the older sister situation, but I'm also learning a lot of things from them. So I can think of a lot of people who are looking for the kind of information and advice that you're sharing. So I think it's oh, good. really great what you're doing. So when people reach out to you for guidance and mentorship, where do you start? What are some of the initial steps that you find yourself encouraging people to take, whether they're overcoming a challenge or a question that they're facing? Yeah, I always say, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to listen to where you want to go and to help you get there. So really, I just start asking a lot of good questions. I don't know if you follow Andy Stanley, but he talks a lot about just asking people good questions. And oftentimes they know the answers, but they need someone to kind of point them that way or to ask the question that maybe they didn't want to ask themselves. So a lot of girls reach out for boy issues, problems, direction, whatever. Not not often, you know, in a bad relationship, sometimes in a good relationship, just wanting clarity on, on how to deal with the conflict or whatever it may be. But essentially, like one girl reached out because she was engaged and wasn't sure if she should go through with it. And so I just kind of asked like, well, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? What what story do you want to tell your grandchildren? Just like all that forward thinking. I find myself talking a lot about like long-term thinking. A lot of times girls will be like, oh, well, I want a wedding. Okay, but do you want a marriage? You know, and so we're talking about like long-term usually helps kind of peel the layers off the onion and get to what the root issue is. And again, with that long-term thinking, I say, if your future daughter was in a relationship like this, would you be excited for her or would you be crying yourself to sleep every night? You know, so I often just help them realize or ask them where they want to go. I'm not here to say you should A, B and C 
does this matter to you? Does faith matter to you? Does A, B, and C matter to you? And if it does, then we need to look at the way we're doing this. I had a girl reach out and say, my faith is really important to me, but I'm in a year long relationship with an atheist. And I was like, then I have a lot of questions about how important your faith is to you. And of course, in kind way, and, and I didn't encourage her to say, you should a b b b b b to her boyfriend because that's not fair either because she was in a year-long relationship where she never communicated that this mattered to her so often it's just hearing where they want to go and helping them get there giving them the tools the language listening to what they really want and kind of putting a mirror up okay well if this is what you really want then what are the steps you need to take to get there these are some really meaningful conversations that you're having. I'm so curious, is this happening like in your DMs on Instagram or are people reaching out more formally? I guess email is formal now. So how yeah. are these conversations happening? Both. A lot of it's through Instagram DMs. I do have it where girls can book a one-time call with me and I also have where they can do six-week mentoring if they want to do a little bit deeper dive. Mm -hmm. So, So a little bit of both. If, if it gets kind of deep in the woods, I'm like, why don't we book a call? But I'm happy to, you know, of course, just answer whatever I can through through DMs. So, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. It's so interesting, though, because this world that we live in, you know, it used to be if I needed to talk to someone miles and miles away, I had to walk there or not walk, but, you know, like get there somewhere or the other. And now through through DMs, it's just crazy. I just done, did a six week mentoring with a young lady in Sweden, and it was so cool just to completely different time zones, of course, and, and all of that kind of stuff. But she was very, very unfamiliar with Christian faith and, you know, know something about a cross and, and a Noah's Ark, but th that was pretty much it. And it was just so beautiful to hear her curiosity and her genuine questions. And, and again, I wasn't there to say, this is what you should do. I'm like, what do you want? And let me help you uncover those things. That's great. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of how your faith is part of your journey and, you know, informs, but doesn't always like dictate, but informs right. a lot of the the guidance that you're giving. And I'm so curious, you know, do you ever work with someone or ever hear from someone who says, you know, I grew up with faith and I don't really, it's not part of my life anymore. And like, I just, I'm trying to understand like, what's the wisdom in that? Like, like they're looking for, they, they know they're looking for something and maybe they just don't feel like spirituality is for them. Like, how would you approach a conversation with someone like that? Yeah, again, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, what what do you value? And let me help you get there. So with those kind of conversations, I, I would say, I think that we all worship something. You know, people worship athletes or movie stars or money or being popular likes on the internet. You know, we don't call it worship, but if we spend all of our time, money and brain power on that, then, you know, that's a form of worship. So. I would question that. And then there are so many things that we worship that will let us down. And I've only found one that won't let me down, mm. Jesus. And so again, I'm not gonna be like, you have to believe this. I'm just presenting my story. I, you know, the blind man says, I don't I don't know. I don't can I, I explain everything. I'm not gonna tell you where the dinosaurs did or didn't come from, but I know that I was blind and now I see. And my story was a girl looking for love in all the wrong fraternity boys. <laughs> a girl, um, you know, from a broken home who I just never really felt like I belonged. Actually, being part of a sorority was my first opportunity, I guess you could say, of belonging to something bigger than myself. And that may sound crazy because I know sororities just have this rap of girls with big hair and cute t-shirts, but 
you know, I wasn't involved in sports. My parents were divorced. I never really grew up in church. And so I all of a sudden was part of the sorority and belonged to something bigger than myself. And later, shortly after that became a Christian, but all that to say, like, I, I looked very deeply in happiness and boys and popularity and Bacardi. And I don't know where else you can find the joy that I have found. You know, people look at celebrities, they look really hard and popularity and money and all they have what most of us are seeking and not a lot of them are doing very well. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be miserable and divorced 25 times. So again, you know, I, I'm, I welcome people. Feel free to tell me where you might find joy somewhere else. Yeah. But for me, I have looked into all the places and this is the only place I can find fulfillment. That's a really beautifully told. So yeah, no, I definitely think that authenticity feels like the best way to go. And it sounds yeah. like you're really making an impact with the the people you're speaking with. And so, you know, if I can kind of borrow some of your wisdom yeah. for our listeners who might not have DM'd you yet, but, you know, how do you ensure that personal growth in your 20s, like you say, aligns with your values and authentic self rather than being influenced by external pressures or societal expectations. And I'll take that a step further, like not just the idea that like society expects me to get married, et cetera, but maybe even like from a career success standpoint or from a, like you said, like moving out on your own. I feel like those timelines are starting to shift. People are either staying home or they're waiting until later to get married. So then it's like, what do I do during my 20s to start to develop who I am as a person? If it's not marriage or a career step that I can't reach just yet. What can you do right now in this moment? Yeah, I think that we get lost if we're always waiting for the next season. When I get married, I will blink. When I have my career, when I have kids, and then people will find themselves doing that until they're 90. <laughs> and that's so there is joy to be had and, and your life is now. And really that I call it the space in between college and marriage. It, it's not a hallway. It It is a space. It is a room. It belongs where it is in your life. And there's wonderful beauty there. And I think that the best thing you can give your future self and a future relationship, if you want to get married one day, is become that best version of yourself because a relationship is only as strong as this weakest individual. So what a gift to give your future, whether you get married or not, getting out of debt, going to the gym, if that if you value that, going to the counselor, we all need some time working through our junk, right? Honing in a practice or a skill or a hobby that you've always really interested in, but never really spent the time. You you have more time than you realize in this space as well, because, you know, just this week, my kids are in a Wizard of Oz play and there's end of the year stuff and award ceremonies. And I'm like, bah, all over the place, which is a beautiful season. And I'm thankful for that. But in this space, when you're not married and have kids yet, you don't have to do all of that. And so I'm not saying you're not busy. We all have stuff to do for sure, but you probably have a little bit more time than you realize to do the things you say you want to do. And so again, where do you want to go and how do you get there? One of my favorite books is The Principle of the Path. And it essentially just asks that question because a lot of us can say, I want to run a marathon one day, but until you lace up your shoes and walk out the door or get on a treadmill and start training, you're not going to run a marathon. And so it's our action steps, not our intentions. So I, I Oh, I want to learn another language. Oh, I, I want to get out of debt. Cool. That's adorable. But what steps are you taking to be that person you want to be? And so those are the hard, but challenging, but sanctifying really questions of in your twenties, becoming that best version of yourself. And, and again, like a lot of people talk about that. Oh, the best version of yourself. And it's not this like ooey gooey love language kind of stuff. It's 
just doing the work, you know, it's just getting out there and lacing up your shoes, if for an example, or whatever it may be. Because again, don't you want your future spouse to be doing that? Don't you want him to, hey, guess what? In these five years that I was single, I paid off all my debts. I, you know, honed in a new skill. I got right with my estranged father, whatever it may be. Like what a gift to give. And then not, and it, even if he never gets married, what a gift to give himself and just those that he's in relationship with his friends or whatever. So those are all, I mean, those are all really concrete things that I think people in their 20s or people who are just feeling stuck. I love this idea of not treating it like a hallway just because when we looked at, you know, naming our podcast, we titled it You, Me, and Ennui. And so this idea of like ennui being like listlessness, feeling stuck, understanding that during this time of transition, sometimes you're like, you know, I want to get out of debt and I need to do something about it. But I really just don't know what next step to take because the steps that like my parents took don't really work right now or the steps that my friends are taking are where I'm just in a different season of life, as you, as you say. So what steps, I guess, concretely would you recommend someone can take to expand their knowledge and their skill set in their 20s, not treat it like a hallway, but, you know, use as a way to professionally and personally grow? I would read Atomic Habits. <laughs> Have you heard of that book? I, have, yeah. I, I just got done reading it for the second time. And rarely, and it does happen, but rarely is it, there was this one defining moment for me and then everything changed. Usually, if we look back, it's all those teeny tiny consistent decisions. And it's a mindset as well, because if we think about, okay, I want to be an organized person. That is actually a, not a very good way to frame it. it. Instead of saying, I am an organized person, because then you start to behave like an organized person. Mm -hmm. They did studies on this and people that were trying to quit smoking, the people that, that were offered a cigarette that said, no, thanks, I'm trying to quit, actually did not end up being able to quit. But the people who said, no, thanks, I don't smoke, were much more likely to quit because they just they take that in as this is who I am. So anyway, all that to say in your 20s, look at it more as a blessing. A lot of people are like, oh, this stinking stage that I'm in where I don't have what other people have. And just a little aside, what you see on social media, you see it a highlight reel. And especially in your 20s, you're seeing all your friends that are buying houses and getting married and having all the showers and all the things because those posts get a lot of likes and a lot of comments because it's a beautiful time that should be celebrated. Great. But it doesn't mean that everyone in the free world is getting married and having babies and buying houses. It feels that way because those few things pop up. But what we all also do when it comes to social media is we take the highlights of 10 people and we think, I don't have what all of these 10 people have. They don't either. You're looking at 10 whole completely different lives and you're putting on together and you think that everyone has it all and you're over here not having it all. Well, that's untrue because you have at least something that they're looking at and admiring as well. So that's my hot tech about social media because I have my marketing brain and I know how that can impact us. No, I mean, I definitely have the same conversations with my friends, especially like social media or even just like gathering to celebrate specific milestones that like are more widely recognized as like, quote unquote, like success or big. I remember I went to a friend's bridal shower and I had just gotten a promotion and she's such a good friend. She said, I'm so excited that you're here for my bridal shower, but like, why aren't we throwing, like, why aren't we having brunch to celebrate like your promotion? Why is that Aww. not being recognized? So I think, you know, it, it, social media, like you said, really distorts what people think is important because in person to person conversations, I think we all know 
that it's not just those those milestones. So I, I love that you're highlighting that. And I think that sometimes we could just throw yourself a party. My friend had a book launch and it was completely up to her to pick the location, to invite the friends, to buy the decorations. She had a wonderful book launch party and it was great. And we went and celebrate her, but sometimes it might sound weird to show throw a party, but why not? I'd come, I'd come for some barbecue and you know, some hangout time with some friends. So sometimes it's just, why not throw the party? Like no one says you can't throw a party for your a promotion or whatever it may be. So just do the dang thing. <laughs> I love that. I'll remember that for my next big one. So, you know, we've talked about how your 20s are a time of transition. Where do you think people in their 20s feel the most stuck in the conversations that you're having? What trends do you notice and how people are feeling like, gosh, I just can't, like, I, I know I want to be here, but I just, I feel like I can't make that next step or I feel like I don't have what I need. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of, first of all, looking at everyone else and thinking that everyone else has it figured out. But, you know, we live in this information age where literally anything you want to know is find outable on Google. So go to Google and YouTube and you can find anything you want, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Because, okay, so I wanted to learn a new language and develop healthy habits and go to bed early and like focus on one thing at a time. And as we said earlier, those little bitty decisions. So what if it's going to bed earlier and drinking more water, like those small decisions, then you have more energy. And then guess what? You can start working on that book you've always talked about. And then you develop that habit. And then, you know, it compounds. It's like the dominoes falling. And so, you know, someone who is morbidly overweight and can't get out of bed and in a place that they feel very, very stuck, not everything is going to change in a day, but they start doing exercise and start eating better, then they're going to have more energy. Like all of these things work together. And so you find these high success, highly successful people. It's not just because they go for a run every day. It's because of these series of habits that also didn't develop in a day. It was compounding and compounding. Anyway, I think that I see a lot of 20 somethings getting stuck because they look at quote everyone else. And I have strong feelings about the whole everyone because it's not everyone. (laughs) They think everyone else has it all figured out and they don't. And then also feeling this um, analysis paralysis of I need to do all of the things and I need to do them yesterday. No, you need to do one thing today and let it develop a habit and then you can add the next one and then the next one. And that's with everyone. I, I mean, when I'm in my 60s, I hope that I'm still always getting a little stronger and getting a little healthier and inviting my friends over a little more, having healthier relationships because I don't ever want to stop learning or growing and, you know, whether we're they're growing or we're dying. Right. And so I hope that I'm always growing toward a little bit better version of myself. Amen to that. Another question, and I'm going to go a little off, off, off script here. Question that I have for you, just thinking about your role as someone who's in the social media space. And I, I'm an observer on TikTok. I do not create yet. But finding that, you know, there's just a wealth of voices and, and people who are sharing information and with the role, maybe with the the perspective of an expert. So, you know, there's just like a lot of information out there. And I say this as like I used did a um, I did my hair last night using like a TikTok style, like overnight blowout. Like I'm no stranger to seeing something on TikTok and giving it a go. But, you know, that's my hair. That's a very like superficial thing. But do you have any advice or do you have you do you have any experience with trying to discern like 
what is good information and what is not helpful information, especially in like an algorithm based platform like social media. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse to live in this day and age because everyone has a microphone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, used to be famous is such a relative term. Think about famous over the decades was a war hero or, a, you know, someone in our, our politics or government or maybe a celebrity and movie stars. And now it's anyone who says something interesting on the Internet yeah. has millions of views. I don't know that there's like a litmus test for that. Right. I mean, I would say, you know, maybe have so you can always, of course, Google things, get some resources. The other thing, though, of course, you can find something probably to support every side of every article on the Internet, because that's the world we live in. If you're a person of faith, you know, maybe consider these things in prayer. I, I don't know specifically what it may be that you come across, but I, hopefully I, we would have a little bit of inclination of like what is helpful advice and what isn't. Uh, I'm, I'm with you though. I get headaches a lot. And I saw someone where like, you just put your face in an ice of water and I'm like, I'll give that a try, you know, <laughs> does it help? I don't know. <laughs> but if it helped me, then why not? You know, would a doctor ever subscribe that? I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't know if that helps, but basically just if there's several people saying that, that's, that's helpful. It's not always the case because I'm sure there are several people saying unhelpful, untruthful, mm -hmm. um, Again, if you're a person of faith, if it's scriptural based, then that's certainly helpful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think everyone's scratching their head on how to figure that out. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious. I'm always asking for someone's POV. Um, so thank you yeah, for sharing. And I think that the, the algorithms do. I love the way my TikTok feed, it gives me, I think, very helpful advice. Things that I, of course, like and comment on, I'm sure. But rarely do I find any like vulgar, you know, yucky stuff, because I don't like or comment on that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I think that in, in that way, the algorithms are very helpful. And they will hopefully continue to give me truth filled, honest, good people. In the algorithm, we hopefully trust, I guess. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's it's come up a lot in our conversation. And, and I can tell that you're really open about your relationship with God. When I came across your content on my For You page, that was really clear. What role do you think faith can play in someone's personal growth journey? And how can you work towards spiritual health in the same way you're working on emotional health? Where do you see the intersection between the two? Yeah, I actually just did a TikTok on this. So oh, <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes. Great. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, when it comes to personal growth and faith and all of that kind of stuff, we are not good authorities of our own life. And what I mean by that is no one has lied to you or cost you more money or led confusion than yourself, right? We have all leased or bought or moved in with or dated something we thought would make us happy that in the end made us very, very unhappy. And that is because we are just not good gods. We are, we're children. We're children who need guidance. I look at my four-year-old niece and she is adorable and I love her with all my heart, but if it was up to her, she would... <laughs> Uh, eat ice cream every day, any day, all the days. And I'm like, okay, well, that probably won't help you grow very big and strong. And, you know, oh, but this is what I want. This is what makes me happy. And as grownups, that looks like dating a toxic relationship or moving somewhere we shouldn't or doing things that we think will make us happy that won't. And so I see that intersection of we need guidance. We need a, a good, healthy authority of our lives. And, and, you know, again, kind of back to your earlier question, are people on TikTok good authorities over life? I mean, sure, there's some people giving great advice, but ultimately 
we're all broken and we're all going to get stuff wrong. And we all, if we put our worship, our, this person is my go-to, this is my celebrity that gives me all the good advice. I used to really look up to, I probably shouldn't say her name, a, an author who had a lot of good advice that kind of had this huge falling from grace. And, but she's just a human. She was never supposed to be on that platform. She was never supposed to be worshiped. So a lot of times we find ourselves worshiping people who were never supposed to be worshiped and, or looking for advice in people who can't answer or never made to do all that. But instead there is someone who created us. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm trying to put together this piece of Ikea furniture and I throw out the manual. I don't need that. What do they know? Uh, they made it. (laughs) They might be helpful with advice. And so I think that when it comes to your 20s, when it comes to where do I want to be in my life and how do I get there, maybe the one who created you knows better than the Kardashians or the internet or Cosmopolitan Magazine. No hate to them. I I know my 20-something-year-old self would have been like, whatever, I'll be a Christian when I'm a grandma. I'm too busy having fun. But what I learned, like kind of retrospect, is that Jesus comes to give us life and give it more abundantly. He wanted to give me ultimate freedom. We think that freedom comes from no rules. I do what I want, which leads us usually in a very unhealthy place and a lot of tears. And so instead it's like, oh, maybe you know better than I know for myself. Let me see what you have in mind. <laughs> I mean, that I, I what you said about, you know, I'll be I'll be a good Christian when I'm a grandma. I, I really think that hits on the mindset of like, Oh, I don't feel like an adult yet. So I'll start acting like an adult when I'm in, when when that time comes rather than taking this time to really figure out like what values I have and how that incorporates into my life and how I should be incorporating that into my life now so you know I do become the adult that I'm meant to be because otherwise then you have, you know, extended adolescence that continues and continues until you realize oh maybe I really should start behaving in a way or, you know, starting to build those those habits. I definitely can. You know, a lot of what you shared really does does resonate. You know, when you think about I'm too busy for church or things like that. Like personally, I can share like I started going back to a parish like in my like mid 20s. And like the moment I started committing to a community, uh, I only found like more friends, more support, more good things. So I, I I also understand the, I can't explain every single aspect of it that you just mentioned before, but all I know is I have a lot more friends and I have a lot more of a meaningful life because of this choice that I made. And knowing that our listeners are all, you know, at different points in their lives, figuring out what their values are sounds like a really good start. And asking those questions, asking the right questions, like you said, feels like really good, good advice. So thank you so much for, for joining us for this conversation. We do yes, have one course. more question that we always ask our guests. Um, and since the podcast is called You, Me, and Ennui, we always ask our guests if there's anything giving you a sense of listlessness or blahs, because that's what ennui means. Is there anything that's giving you that sense? And if so, how do you break out of it? Hmm. Well, right now, as I said, we're just like in such a busy season. I feel like I'm just kind of treading water a little bit of like all the important things we need to go to. But one thing that I, I listened to a, a podcast that talks about prioritizing rest. And I that's so simple, but so profound in our American culture where it's like, who can go, go, go the hardest and the fastest and the best. I, I think that 
we're about to school's almost done and I have a vacation coming up this weekend. And I'm just like, we can go to vacation and not truly rest, but instead just really, really make it a point to rest again. So simple, but so profound to unplug, to like, take it in, to soak it in, to still my mind for a little bit. I think that we have to be much more purposeful about rest in our current day and age. And I think it's a gift when we are able to just exhale <laughs> and take a moment, whatever that might look like, maybe as often or as little as you can, but I think it's super helpful. What does rest look like for you? And Well, like I said, <laughs> yeah, uh, we are going, we usually go camping. This is our uh, fourth annual girls trip. We usually go camping, but we're <laughs> completely going a little crazy. We're getting a hotel, so very different, <laughs> but we're going to do a spa night. We're going to take the kids to the cheesecake factory. And this is going to be just like a girl's fun. It's my daughter. I mean, my, my two daughters, my friend and her daughter, and just like a, a big exhale and put a face mask on and have times with my girls that we'll hopefully remember forever. That sounds glorious. But I can yes. also really relate to going from let's do like some roughing it to let's just go to a hotel. Like right? that's growth too, right? So yes. we did a tent last year and I'm like, can we not do that again? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that sounds like a great vacation. Thanks again for listening to You, Me, and Ennui. As always, I hope the conversation today offered a bit of insight into whatever you're facing and know that there are at least one or two more people here in podcast land who can relate because that's what we're trying to do, build a community. Looking for some deeper reflection on today's conversation? Be sure to listen to our bonus meditation after this for a few questions on how this topic might apply to your life. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to like, review, and subscribe. You can also join the conversation at our Discord server linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Mary-Kate Polanin, and the one thing that's for certain is that I'll be with you next time on You, Me, and On We.